Welcome back to the Black Belt Podcast. You're listening to episode six. A couple of things before we start. Uh, thanks a million to everyone who continues to share the podcast across all social media. It really makes a difference. As well, thanks for a million to anybody who signed up to the Patreon page. The support is greatly appreciated. And anyone who hasn't signed up yet and would like to do so, you can find a link on the Facebook page or on the website, uh, theblackbelter.com. So today I'm joined by Cara O'Donovan. Cara is a multi-sport athlete competing at the highest level in both karate and kickboxing. Cara has collected many world and European titles. She's also hoping to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. And today I chat to her about her journey to this point and our goals going forward. So what's up, Cara? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Uh, so we were just talking of a bit of an injury at the moment. Yeah, I woke up, uh, nothing too exciting. I woke up last weekend and just had a bit of pain in my ankle. So by the by the following day, so by Sunday, I couldn't walk and I I knew then I was going to have to go and get it yeah. checked out. So um, yeah, I have a stress fracture in my ankle. So something that will probably keep me out for about, I'm hoping no more than four weeks, but it could be a little bit longer. But hopefully I'll be back like in the next month or so. And is there any bit of training you can do at the moment or are you completely out? Um, well, since kind of I only kind of got this boot on at the last weekend, so since that I haven't done anything. But I am going to start going back into the gym and doing some upper body weights, and and then hopefully when the pain goes down a bit, I might even get into the pool and start doing some swimming just to kind of keep active as well. So yeah, I'm yeah. not going to make it so so hard then when I get back into training properly, like next month or whatever. Well, you had a bit of a rough time with injuries, didn't you? Have to pull out of the last competition yeah so well. I've had I've actually had three in a row and in January um, I had a proper or like a really tough injury on my I think it's abductor or adductor just the inside of my leg so I wasn't able to kick for about two months um, and then that kind of started to ease off and then we went to the European Championships and about a minute into the first fight I was pulled out of the fight by the doctor with um, just an arm injury it didn't it wasn't broken but yeah. at the time it felt very very sore so that was the second one and and a few, couple of weeks home I thought everything was going good again and then I just wake up with it so I'm hoping that's it that's my lot and uh could you have carried on at the last one or was it like could you have carried on and it was just the doctor being um, sometimes the way it was yeah. very painful at the time I thought some and there was a quite a noise off it so I think that kind of caused a little yeah. bit of a scare um kind of looking back um, it didn't it didn't look as bad so I'm used to kind of seeing massive swelling and bruising mm. and it didn't look like that it was a little bit bruised but nothing too bad so I'm kind of thinking you know I'm qu- questioning myself how bad was it but at the same time it was really painful like so probably probably if I'm being re- realistic um, I couldn't have so you yeah, kind of have to go with their decision though didn't ultimately. need a cast or anything though did it? no no no, no, no didn't yeah, need any yeah rest. yeah just just rest and, and it wasn't ultimately it wasn't that bad um, but that's the, I guess uh, I don't know if uh, Taekwondo is the same but you don't really get to question those decisions so if the doctor no, pulls the, you they out go with the doctor's decision all the time yeah, they say so, you can't go on you can't go on that's it so you kind of have to trust their expertise as well but um, sometimes it's frustrating um, uh, yeah but at the same time I've been pretty lucky like, I haven't had an awful lot of injuries over like 20 odd years of competing so I can't complain too much they just seem to all have come at once this once. year yeah. Um, so actually, was there? How did you get into martial arts, into kickboxing originally? Um, so it was a bit random. I wanted to play football, so this has gone back twenty three years ago now, or a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I wanted to play football, and they just wouldn't let me play in the local club. There wasn't really a girls' um team or girls set up at the time. So uh, I decided, well, sure, look, I'll try out the local kickboxing club because there wasn't a huge amount of sport in Sligo because that's where I grew up. Um, and once I had my first session, there was no stopping me. Yeah. It was, I just fell in love with it straight away. Um, and all I wanted to do was just train it every chance I got. So, yeah. And is that a, is that a points kickboxing club up in Sligo or is it continuous or... It's a bit Which? of both. So I think traditionally it's a continuous um, kickboxing club. But what used to happen, uh, I don't know if this is still the way it's, it is now, but um, as ki- as when you're starting as a kid, everybody did point fighting to start. And then as you got a bit older, you might, if you wanted, you could go into the kind of light contact continuous or full contact kickboxing. Yeah. Um, 
I think I dabbled with light contact at one point, like the continuous style, and it just didn't suit me. So I, I just um, stayed with point fighting the whole the whole way through. I never had really any interest in, in switching over. So, yeah. yeah. They're only just starting to bring in the other continuous, I think, aren't they? For like those, like the younger ages, it is a lot of points that they do. Yeah, yeah. So definitely when I started, there was no international competition for underage continuous kickboxing. Yeah. Um, and I think now that's starting to come in. I don't even know if it's at every single age category now, but maybe it has. Cause yeah, they've added a few, I think. They've added a few. The, the Irish so. Open recently, and yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, was that that's not is that Des Leonard's club? Well, Des would have been part of it. So it was a guy called Michael McDermott, who's the kind of head of Magendo, yeah. was the style, um, and we all trained in one group. Um, kind of when I started, actually, Des Des Leonard was based over in America at the time, so he came back, and then eventually he set up um, uh, his own club that's in Sligo, but part of the same kind of group. So, yeah, we would have all trained together. Um, yeah, you won the Irish Open a couple of times, didn't you? How many times did you have won the Irish Open? Um, yeah, good question. So I've won it both through the team event and in the individual black belt yeah. divisions. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many of those I have, but I I was in uh, quite a few finals in a row. So um, between the team events and the kind of the individuals, uh, I I might have had five or six. Um, but I'm not too sure. I must go back and just count them up because I did my first senior Irish Open final in 2002 and I did my last one in 2017. So over 15 years, I'd have to go back. And then I used to yeah. I used to do a couple of weight categories as well. So they allowed that in kickboxing. They allow you to do you know your own weight category and then move up one as well. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I must go back and have a look. But it's definitely one of my kind of most successful World Cups Um whether it's just because it's at home or or just the atmosphere, I don't know what it was, but yeah, I've had uh, some good memories there. Did you do you find uh, that nearly been a bigger achievement to win the Irish Open because it's maybe as opposed to a world a world's because like it's so big. Yeah, like it's probably the biggest, probably is the biggest martial arts competition in the world. So yeah, definitely. Like, um, if like for for myself personally, it means a lot more to me to win an Irish Open than it does to win a World Championships or European Championships. That's just on a kind of uh, personal level, and I think most people that will be involved in the sport will kind of understand the reasons behind that because um, the numbers that take part in it is so is so huge. And not only do you have the best person from every country, you have probably the best five or six from every country uh, per weight category. So you have multiple. Um, like high quality at- athletes whereas they're like so if you take the Italians or the Hungarians you're only going to have one of those each in your world championships Um, but then at the same time so anyone that doesn't necessarily know the sport they wouldn't they'll hear Irish Open or whatever they, and they won't really bat an eyelid they'll think it's a national championship which is still a good thing to win so Sometimes then you kind of have to go back to, you know, some of the world championships that wouldn't have been near as difficult or challenging to win. Um, but they mean more to people outside of the sport. So, yeah, uh, yeah but for me personally, they're the ones that I definitely remember as the kind of the biggest challenging um, events and that mean the most to me for sure. Yeah. Talking to a lot of the guys, uh, the ones who do taekwondo and kickboxing, the winning the Irish Open does definitely mean more. Just like, like you said, because it's so much bigger and harder to win. But... Like you said, it doesn't ring as nice to say oh, yeah. I'm this many times world champion. So, yeah, you know, exactly. It just doesn't sound as good. It do, it do, definitely doesn't sound as good. But I think, yeah, if you were to, when you speak to people that know the sport and you say you've won the Irish Open, you straight away, people know that you're yeah. you're good or There's you're decent like, at yeah. it. Um, whereas sometimes though, and even within sports, sometimes you say, oh, you know, I, I've, I've won a world championships and... Um, there's also like people then just kind of question well which world championships was that so uh, within the sport people kind of know it, you know if you win something that makes you kind of a, a good fighter uh, but then outside of it it's it's very different um, but at the same time like I, I have good memories from every different association I've competed in as well like I wouldn't want to knock any other title at the same time you know yeah but yeah that's been when you save a wacko world title that means different to maybe a different Absolutely. Association, like yeah. yeah, 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 and I've like I've great respect for people that have won all of them, but um, I'd probably be of the opinion that maybe not not every year, but there's there's been certain kind of wacko world championships or European championships, and when people win those, you know that they've fought some of the best people in the sport. So, um, yeah. So, but at the same time, you know, like there is other like some of the WKC World Championships have 
uh, phenomenal athletes in it and you, you've seen some wacko world champions lose early stages and they might not win those so it's kind of hard to know which is which is the best you know and of course there's a bit of bias as well so when you're in one association you always think it's the best don't you yeah I think you do so then what, what prompted the change then from kickboxing having so much success to switch to karate um so I started training just as something different. I wanted like uh, to do a different, like I've always been interested in martial arts and I wanted to try different ones. And the plan was when I retired that I would go in and do maybe some totally different type of martial arts. Um, so I decided that I would just do a bit of training with this. Um, at the same time, I, I knew that karate was going to the Olympics in 2020. So that was in the back of my mind. But I didn't want to make it like this big jump in decision and say, yeah, that's it. I'm switching over and then realize three months later that I don't like the sport or this isn't for me or it doesn't suit me, whatever that, whatever the reason might be. So I started to really just as something different, take my mind off because I was finding kickboxing quite stressful and I was coming to the a stage where I was losing motivation. I was kind of thinking, well, what else do, do I want to get out of this? Am I just repeating the same thing every year? Um, and I didn't really have the same level of enjoyment in it. Uh, so then after about three or four months in or maybe a little bit longer, about six months in karate, I knew at that point in my mind that this was going to be something I was going to take on seriously. Um, and then I decided, look, I'm just going to go for this Olympics thing because uh, I'm getting older. Kickboxing's getting, you know, not any closer to the Olympics. It certainly won't be in it, I think, in my kind of time as an athlete. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of made, that's the big kind of push behind completely focused on karate now for the next uh for the last couple of years and for the next few years as well. Yeah, that would definitely be an experience to go to an Olympics. Yeah. It's the one thing that a lot of us Taekwondo people don't have the chance really un unless we switch over to the World Taekwondo Federation. Yeah, um, ex so yeah, exactly, yeah. And you probably know yourself because, you, I mean, you've won um, at every level of your sport. So you kind of think, well, what's left? You'd love that Olympic medal. That would be yeah. the last one that you'd kind of add to it um, that means something. And like it might never happen. Some people think that I'm insane, that I'm going to switch over and do some, you know, win something in a couple of years um, but I think you can't have regrets you have to just go for these things if, if that's what you want um, and like you know it's not for everybody but that's just something I've decided and, and I love this sport it's quite similar to point fighting um, I, I like I dabbled for a little bit in the w, WTF Taekwondo is that what it's called yeah, yeah. the, the well, Olympic style I think they've Shorten it down. They've got rid of the double, the, the F yeah, okay. for the connotations. <laughs> okay, but it's, right, I think it's just, sense. I think it's just WT now. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I tried at a time where I was getting quite sick, so it didn't work out from that point of view. But it wouldn't have been something. Um, the style of it just didn't probably suit me either. So. Uh, you know, I know that uh, the fact that I love the sport has made it easier for me to switch over. Yeah, like that. The fact that they are very similar. Yeah, means yeah. you can compete at a high level in karate at such a short space of time of actually being involved specifically in that sport. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan anyway. <laughs> so we see how it goes. But there's a there's a lot of other there's a lot of other drama going on with kickboxing or sorry karate at the moment. Yeah, isn't there? <laughs> I, that's I'm seeing a lot of stuff on social media just where, uh, like the athletes being blocked from competing in tournaments, coaches being blocked. Yeah, um, kind of. It's a little bit interesting from my point of view. I don't know the whole ins and outs in it, but do you want to... Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to explain it. So, uh, there's two associations now, isn't there, both kind of under the same uh, name? or Sort or? of. There's two groups within an association. So what? Like, so when I started this sport and had all dreams about Olympics, I, I didn't anticipate this roadblock. So this has probably put me back a few steps. But what happened was um, last year... Uh, around kind of around this time, maybe May or June of last year, there was a bit of a split within the governing body for the sport. So they had a dispute at board level, and ultimately, ultimately, that meant the president was ousted from his position, and he didn't accept that. So he went and formed a breakaway group within it. So now, what happened was there was two groups claiming to be the governing body for the sport, and one of them managed to hold on to the mandate for the World Federation, which meant they have control over who competes for Ireland. And the other group, which has always been the governing body, are still recognised by Sport Ireland and um, the Olympic Federation of Ireland. Um, so that what that meant for us is that those of us that were loyal to the 
the main coaches um, and the proper governing body were told you, you're not good enough now to compete or you're not going to be you're going to be blocked even though we were probably performing and um, every bit is good or if not better than the athletes that were being selected so we kind of then went to social media and um some of the national media picked up on it and supported us. So we did an online petition to try and get back into competition. But ultimately, yeah, it's like athletes just being used as pawns to try and get political advantage over one side. So hopefully it's still not resolved. It's still going on. Um, but hopefully in the next kind of few weeks, that'll, that'll kind of sort itself out. Or There, there is a legal kind of uh, dispute going on in the background. So if... Um, I think it's going to arbitration in the next few weeks, but if that doesn't work, it's going to go all the way to the European courts of arbitration, which probably takes time. And that was the one thing that athletes were a bit worried about was this could take years to yeah. resolve. And if we have to wait for another year, like the Olympics, it's 100% over for us. So as long as we can compete um, while this is going on, then I suppose that's like a little mini victory, I guess. Yeah, but wasn't there even coaches were blocked yeah so yeah in we went to the world championships um and our both our coaches it's our all three national coaches so the women's squad have two um coaches and the men's squad have um their head coach as well and all three of them were blocked from um from going and we were ultimately blocked up to a point and then they said they'd allow us compete so what happened was um for me i got a coach in my chair who had never coached at that level before. I'd never met until about two minutes before I fought. Uh, maybe That's a couple crazy. hours. Like, yeah, it was crazy. crazy. And it's uh, it's even weird. It's weirder because in, in karate, they do a video replay. So you're allowed to put up a card if you think somebody, the judges have missed a point. But as an athlete, you're not allowed to signal to think, you know, to say to your coach, put up the card, I've scored. Or, yeah. you know, if you do signal and you're caught doing it, you'll get a warning. So you need a coach that knows what they're doing and that knows kind of your style and that's paying attention and uh, I, I, I probably sound like an absolute sore loser here and that was some of the comments I got trolled with online is uh, because like I was fighting a girl from Jordan I was winning the fight for the whole the whole match by the last 10 seconds and then there was a clash and her card uh, sorry her coach used her card and got her two points which basically meant she was ahead of me um, but I scored at the same time and had they, you know, had the coach that was coaching me use the card, um, I probably would have won. And that girl went on through a few rounds. And so kind of it's just frustrating. So the coaches were all blocked and that's kind of still the scenario. But we did get a coach for the European Championship. So the, the World Federation have really um, kind of taken uh, a few steps to kind of support us a little bit more, which is good because we weren't really sure where they stood on the whole scenario. Um, but it's nice to see that they're not blocking athletes and they're they're going to make sure that we can at least try to get to the Olympics without getting involved in the whole political side of it. Yeah, because all you want to do is compete. You know, you don't yeah. really want the, the extra stress of that it, kind of stuff that's kind of out of your control. You, you don't, know? yeah, you don't. Like in an ideal scenario, you don't want to be dealing with that. Um, I know we could, we did have the option to switch sides um, and we probably would have been rewarded for that so we would have been able to compete um, so from that point of view people, some people said to me why don't you just go over and join the other side and just focus on competing um, but that would be just like selling my soul for me um, so as much as I'm saying I don't want all the politics and I want to compete I also want to do it with a little bit of um, well I don't want to say integrity because I don't want to say anyone else that does switch over it it doesn't have it but I think everyone has different values and different beliefs about what they think is right so it was important to me that I kind of stuck by those as well as try to compete so yeah. that's probably why we caused such a fuss over it rather than just do what we're told and join the other group and does the other group have many athletes that could potentially compete or um, like, have many people potentially switched over or so I don't really think anyone switched over so what happened was some clubs that were on the other side of the argument they were kind of already there. So their athletes were in an equally difficult position. So they were told that they have to go here. And um, we were on the other side. But in fairness, it hasn't been much of a, a rift between the athletes, even though there's, I think, three of the athletes are from the other group. Um, but the majority of the squad will be in the Karate Ireland, the main group. Um, and same with the juniors. So... Uh, they don't have an awful lot of athletes and I don't think 
maybe I'm I'm kind of uh, jumping um, in, over or overstepping here, but I don't really think they're too bothered about the quality or, or amount athletes they have. I think their main focus now is just um, con- controlling and, and keeping power. I could be wrong. So, I mean, that's just my opinion on it. So, um, but yeah, they don't have as many athletes, um, but th- that could change. You know, that's just the way it is at the minute. Yeah. And you haven't actually, but you haven't actually been blocked from competing, have you? Like well, the, only because... They have, they've threatened it a couple of times, but have you actually been um, stopped? There was just one competition yeah. where they didn't, spec- you know, directly threaten me, but um, I didn't want to spend the money. So if so, what happened was in September, or August, September of last year, this is when it first kind of came up to me. I, I had booked a trip to go to Chile and I'd everything paid for it. I'd done a lot of fundraising for it. So it was going to cost, like it was costing thousands to go there and I was yeah. going on my own. And I got a call about three or four days before we were, before I was due to fly out to say under no circumstances would I be allowed to compete. So that was the first kind of, that was the first um, direct uh, attempt to try and stop me. And eventually then that nothing kind of happened with that and I was allowed to go away and compete. But I didn't want to take that chance again. So every competition that came up, we were we were threatened. Um, and then there was another one in Shanghai. So I thought, well, this is going to cost a lot more money. I don't want to put all this money and then realize I get over there and yeah. say you're not allowed to compete. So in that way it has impacted me and I've lost ranking points for that um, but no we other like we haven't actually been blocked because every time they try to block us somebody steps in so the World Federation steps in or we've had a help from a group called Global Athlete which is a new kind of athlete um, movement I guess that's trying to support um, athlete welfare and and just basic human rights for athletes like to be allowed to participate so we weren't blocked but it's not ideal prop like preparation so every time I mean you probably get this like yeah. when you're going to a competition you need the couple of months up to it just to focus on training um, whereas we were training but we still didn't know until we actually got off the plane where whether we were going to compete so it's not ideal preparation at all it's, like, it's, it's all going on in your head like yeah. yeah it is it's nuts that's the only word for it so you could like, make it up how are you supposed to prepare when you don't even know if you're actually going get, to get the step on the on the mats yeah yeah I mean? like, that's how, it yeah to fully commit to training when you're kind of going I could get out here and just be told no yeah not allowed yeah yeah um, exactly yeah so it's crazy and then to get your head right as well it, you know you're you're so preoccupied yeah. with trying to get through all the hoops and uh, obstacles that they're putting in front of you and then when you don't perform they're straight away on social media Jumping laughing you. at you yeah and <laughs> saying you're rubbish and we knew they weren't good enough to go and like I got injured over in uh, the Europeans and I wasn't allowed to compete and one of their uh, coaches just ridiculed me didn't even care the fact that it was out of my control that I got injured laughed at me saying that I, I didn't score a point did it, I got beaten first round like okay I did get beaten first round technically if you want to go and look at it on paper yeah. but it wasn't like that wasn't really accurate and they just they have like they're just not very nice people <laughs> to be honest <laughs> as, yeah. as mild as I can put it yeah there was a time with even in taekwondo where it was split between two associations and one association had sole control of, was like the National Association, had sole control of the national team and there was some political stuff, but thankfully in our favour, across a lot of time, it managed now that we've been awarded a National Association. Okay, and I didn't so realise like, that. Yeah, okay. like we have it a good while now, but yeah. there was a good long period of time where we had the same obstacles and where we probably had the better people, just couldn't compete on the national team, so it's, uh, it's not good, like it's... Yeah, it's mad. And it seems to be everywhere. Like the more I kind of see this affect me personally, the more you just see it like show up in so many different sports that you wouldn't have been aware of. Like now you're saying it happened at one point in Taekwondo. It's happened in it's happened in so many sports. Not exactly the same scenario, but there just seems to be people are just preoccupied with having power and athletes just seem to be bottom of the list, which is so like dysfunctional. It should be, you don't have a sport without athletes. Yeah. So they should be involved in decision making and uh, like they should just be put to the fore of what the sport's about. But it doesn't like, I mean, it doesn't really seem to be that way. It just seems to be people just, you know, fighting over ridiculous stuff that a two year old. Yeah, you, you don't about. want politics to be getting involved in sport. You want it to just be the athletes competing yeah like that's yeah yeah keep it pure like it would be ideal but people just get caught up and like you said looking for a bit of power yeah exactly F- trying to feel important yeah more so then actually being important you know 
Um, you mentioned already the um, does karate doesn't get any, any funding, does it? No, uh, it's yeah, and it's even got less funding. less yeah. funding since this all happened. So over like I mean, they get no high performance funding. So even if they were to get funding tomorrow, um, if it's all related to the running of the organization and not high performance, it means that athletes don't really see any of that directly. Um, but they used to get six thousand euro a year to just run the kind of main functions like for administration or whatever, like uh, just basic costs. Um, but that was that was stopped last year. Or basically, it was stopped for this year. So they would have been normally would apply for funding in kind of October time, but they weren't allowed to apply for funding last year. Um, so it means that it's running on empty now, or kind of on membership fees really. Uh, but hopefully that will change. It will be nice if um, like I mean, it's, it is possible to be successful in sport without funding because in kickboxing we never got funded. I I don't think I don't know if you're the same in taekwondo. Yeah, we have no funding at all. Fundra- fundraising yourself. Is yeah, so that, what you have to rely on. Yeah, exactly. So you can definitely be successful, but it makes it even more difficult. So it just puts extra stress onto onto fighters, onto yeah. athletes. Um, and just think of what you could win if you had that support. So, uh, like I think taekwondo is probably one of the most successful sports in Ireland. Um. It and would be like it, it would be up there like that in kickboxing. I think, yeah, are, we are quite successful in them, but it just kind of goes a bit under the radar because they're minority sports. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I think, and I think in general we seem to be good at combat sports in Ireland, but for some reason there's only one sport really getting. Or now I think taekwondo is getting a little bit of support now. Or not not your taekwondo, though. The yeah. taekwondo, uh, but even at that, they, I think they have one athlete or a senior level that yeah, you know is being funded. And there's probably huge potential in the sports, probably loads of really good fighters there. So like I, I don't understand why the they're a little bit of resistant to sport us. Maybe um they just want to kind of continue down the same pattern and um yeah, so it's frustrating. I mean yeah. you probably understand and that like, it's really frustrating. And like when you're saying that the FAI were getting two point four million Stop. it's like and they've yeah. they, they've much more potential for like to make money commercial wise commercially yeah. than our sports. Like we could do with a, you know, yeah. a little percentage of that. Yeah, even just here. a small slice of the pie, like wouldn't go. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, we're not looking and for it all. Just just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and it would make such a massive difference. I mean, if you were to take even a hundred thousand off that, that's not going to make a massive impact. They'd be able to probably make that up through, as you say, commercial. Uh, partnerships that they've already got in place anyway yeah. um, but I think it's not even about taking away money from someone else it's it's when you see the mismanagement of it um, yeah. that's what's really frustrating to invest a small amount into minority sport would would stretch so far and you see somebody's rent being paid for three grand a month you just think oh my god how many trips how many trips would that fund for for a smaller sport or how much um, how much good could that go to now and it's not for it's not for me to tell an organization how to spend their money, but it just doesn't seem well like a good use of taxpayers' money to be paying yeah those kind of expenses. And like you, and like you said as well, with you lose motivation, I think, and I think especially when you've been you've been successful and you've won a couple of titles, and then it's just costing you money at that point as well, and you're kind of going, well, you know, does it mean as much to me? And do I want to spend that money to just have the same feeling again? You know, I think then yeah. there's been a drop off. I think in some of the some of the Taekwondo team, and even I think talking to some of the people from kickboxing, there's been a drop off there. Absolutely. Where just just motivation and the the yeah. the feeling of it, the sense of achievement, is diminish, diminishes, and it like that. It's just costing you money because you don't have the funding. Whereas I think if you had something that was helping you out, and it wasn't costing you money to go, then you'd, you'd probably stick at it. Yeah. A bit more, you'd have a better chance of sticking at it. Yeah, definitely, and I think like. Most uh, everything I earn goes on on sports, so you don't mm. live like so. I don't think people get that. They a lot of people say to me in different sports, Oh, well, we're not funded, but yet they've never put their hand into pocket to pay for a flight, to pay for a tracksuit, to pay for a squad training session. Like they think not funding means you don't get a salary. Um, so not only do like a lot of people get funding and I, I, I don't begrudge anyone that funding I think that's the way it should be for anyone that performs I think they're absolutely entitled to it but I sometimes think people don't understand when we say no funding that this is what it means it means that you have to work every single day or fundraise to try and not only pay your rent pay your bills but also to pay to represent your country and there's only so long you can do that 
um, before you realize that life gets in the way and and like eventually you're just going to have to start like, you know, paying other bills or, or whatever. And then the motivation does start to start to kind of drop off. So like you have to be really passionate and really dedicated to to do well in a sport that gets no funding because and especially over a long period of time, yeah. because you're you're not getting anything financial out of it. Uh, all you're getting is something that, you know, pure joy and like just passion for the sport and and just a sense of accomplishment in something that you're achieving. Um, you don't get anything like uh, financial out of it. It's not yeah. like you're going to be set up for life, making millions Lower or <laughs> anything like that. And you're basically like, I don't know if everyone's the same, but like I have to live in Dublin to to train because the squad is in Dublin um, and to pay rent here is is crazy. So you're like you're, mm. you're talking about like, you know, you can't do anything. You can't have a really have a life outside of it unless, you know, you work really hard and the more you work, the less you can train. So it's kind of trying to get the balance get between balance. the two. I think as well, there's like a there's a misconception there that because it's an Olympic sport that, oh, you must be getting funded. Yeah. Like, well, only even the sport might be getting funded, but you need to be at the top of the sport. You need to actually look like you could be getting to the Olympics to get funding. Just because the sport is there doesn't necessarily mean they're yeah. going to they're going to fund you. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's very hard for new sports to get onto the funding uh, program. And it, like based on the new sports plan that they've out, less sports are going to get a look in at that. They're going to cut sports off the high performance um, funding plan and just focus all the resources on kind of a fewer sports. So if even if you become an Olympic sport in the next couple of years. Um, a very slim chance to get an Olympic funding, and a lot of people think, "Oh, once we get in the Olympics, we're sorted." Uh, that's just not the case. You have to, and even if you perform, like we've had uh, a youth Olympic medal in in karate now, that's obviously nothing to do with me, but it it still doesn't guarantee any funding. So even if you have success at youth level in in an Olympic sport, that's not enough. I think it would take winning the senior like Olympics for them to like sit up and take notice and by that stage you've already won and you're just thinking well yeah. you know I could have done that funding two years ago but if, if some of the seniors can pull that off um, it probably will be good for the next generation coming through so at least at least there's that and then so how does the how does the ranking points work then to um, qualify to qualify yeah so <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch now at this point especially now that I'm injured I'm missing another event in the next couple of weeks so what happens is from uh, I think it's last summer they started the kind of ranking window yeah. Um, but because I'm new to the sport I'm missing out on eight events a year because I'm not ranked high enough in the world ranking so my first goal was to try and get up the world ranking so I went from 400 and 20 I think to 120 in the last three in the last four months sorry so no 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 year and four months yeah. so from last year so I've jumped up 300 places but I have to get another 20 places to get into these ranking events so my ranking is quite low and what happens is by April of next year they're going to close off the ranking window and whoever's in the top four of my weight category get to go to the um, Olympics they'll qualify that way so that is Just a four. bit of a yeah, it's only top four. There's only because there's only small. ten spots in the weight category. Um, four okay. of those go through ranking. Uh, if you're in a different weight category, it's only top two. Uh, so that's why I've, okay. I've picked sixty-one kilos yeah. to at least give myself a chance because there is more places. Um, for that weight category, um, because they're going to merge the other two. So like, if you're yeah. fifty or fifty-five kilos, they just merge it and it becomes one weight category, one weight. Um, so yeah so that's the the ranking way um, to qualify but you have to it's it's really it's very heavily stacked in favour of people who are already competing on the circuit for a long time and it's cost uh, like it, it costs a lot of money you have to keep travelling all over the globe to try and do it that way um, so the the real kind of focus for me is to try and be fit and ready to win the qualification tournament next year and that is in I think May or April or May of next year in Paris Um so hopefully there'll be no politics there and I'll get selected yeah. to go. Uh, and then if I get top three in that, then I qualify. So that's the big target now. And just now I want to compete as well on the circuit because you know yourself, the more you compete against these people, the better you get. Yeah, just... Yeah, so that's the plan. And it are all the tournaments... Well, how often do the tournaments take place, the ranking events? There's usually... So the, nothing happens in July and August. That's a kind of a quiet time. Yeah. But there's between one and two every month. Oh, there's a lot, so yeah. Yeah, there, there, so there's 
there's eight Premier Leagues in the year and there's four Series A, so that's 12. And then there's a European or, you know, a continental mm. championship. Um, and then last year, a world championship. So you have at least 13 tournaments a year. And there's two years in the qualification process. So Are they all weighted the same or would you get more ranking points for our world championships? Yeah. Versus? Yeah. So the ones, this is, this is what makes it, again, more in favour of the people that are already you know, so if you're new coming into this, it's, it's very much against you. So World Championships, you get the, the most ranking points. Then for, for European Championships and the Premier League events, they're ranked at the same level. They're the next kind of one down. And then the Series A, which is the has all the same people as the Premier Leagues, but they're just ranked lower. So they're a lower weighting for them. Um, they're the only three you can get ranking points at. So they're all different levels. Yeah. So that does make it even trickier then, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's it's very hard to... like. So when you can't get into these Premier League events, it's very hard to up your ranking because every time they compete, they're getting uh, double the ranking points than you can get at the Series A, but you've only got four tournaments in the year to go to those. So you have to go out and win one of those to get into the... to, to get your ranking up high enough to almost get into the higher ranked tournaments and then you have people in the higher ranked tournaments that never win fights they just keep competing at them and their ranking stays high <laughs> so it's really frustrating you just think yeah you so know. it does really support the people who are consistently and just have been consistently who, competing yeah and who don't have to be that good they just have to compete and have the money to do it you can go to do these the people, events actually do the people who are at the top would they be countries that are funded a hundred percent. They're yeah. they're massive funding. Like so, the French, the Ukraine team, the Japanese, they have about five different people that they're funding in each weight category to just travel the globe, and they're going to make sure they qualify a spot. And if anyone is injured, they still have the spot, and they can just put in whoever yeah. they want. So they they literally just globe trot all year round. They have loads of money. Yeah, but, uh, like we see yeah. that like even in Taekwondo, like Poland are constantly at the top mm-hmm. of the medal rankings because. Well, they were fully funded. I don't know. I think they're they're still part, partly funded, but they can consistently put their best team on the mats because they're funded. Whereas sometimes for us, it can be up and down because sometimes people just can't afford to 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 pay this time. Yeah. Sometimes they can, so the the team can be very up and down. Yeah. And what you can bring, and the team you can bring, mm. so it can be hit and miss to how high you get up. So like that. It's tough when you're up against that, like trying to put compete against those at like a, on a team level. Yeah, know? absolutely, it is. You're you're definitely up against it, and uh, it's. I think though, if like sometimes I used to get really focused on that, and I'd be you know proper jealous. I'd be just like, yeah. why aren't we getting that? It's not that fair. Like the same medal. Like let's just say I would get a gold medal at an uh, at an Irish Open, and let's just say Turkey for some reason managed to pull a silver medal they're going home with 30 grand in their pocket and I'm going home with a nice wave good luck to you yeah. uh, so some you can find yourself feeling a bit like envious of that but um, I think if you got overly focused on it you would just you'd just pack it all in and you wouldn't get on with it so yeah, you just have to get like, over that to some degree yeah yeah like it, Ireland's never going to be a nation like like Turkey or Azerbaijan that pay massive amounts of money for medal bonuses uh, no matter how good you are you yeah. could win the Olympics 10 times and it's just not going to be that kind of system um, so you kind of have to look at the reasons you're doing it and that's what I'm just trying to do I'm just going to say uh, just stay focused on, on trying to qualify trying to get a medal at this Olympics um, that's the dream and if I can do it great and if I can't uh, well then at least I tried give it a shot yeah exactly uh, what's your make of karate being dropped for the Olympics after oh gosh it's, yeah it's I, I thought like speak to a couple of people I thought it would be I thought it would be kept on because France are obviously a big, yeah. con- big country in karate mm. so I thought they might have kept it on as a trial sport so because they would have had a good chance of potentially pulling the medal it's it's it was a big shock I think to everybody in the sport um, that it, they just thought it was a guarantee they thought well like France have the games um, between France and ja- and Japan um, they win the most medals yeah uh, and have done for years so you would think that they would I, I guess the assumption was well they're guaranteed Olympic medals so they'll keep it in mm. um, I've no idea what happened uh, but behind the scenes whether there's governance issues or like or what it, what it was that's the only thing you can think of because um, yeah it's just such a shock like I think people people were stunned but there is a campaign going on uh, like a an online media campaign that the WKF are trying to 
like they haven't given up completely yet so they're still thinking there's hope and they're trying to persuade people through just looking at the numbers that take part so they've, they've reached 100 million followers on social media they have um, I think 10 million athletes yeah. um, taking part so it just it doesn't make sense when you look at all those kind of parts to it why they'd be put out it's just it's bizarre so it's really disappointing not not necessarily for me I don't know what, I, what I'll be doing yeah, in four yeah. years time or five years time but for the people that I train with I mean that's their goal um, so for it to be put back out it's uh, it's a bit it's just disappointing so hopefully even if it doesn't get in for 2024 they might get back in for 2028 who knows yeah but then again like that's going to be very dependent on where that Olympics is held in as well yeah yeah like I was um, John Mackey was on the podcast and he was kind of saying that we Wacko getting IOC recognition that they'd kind of be hoping that a country like Hungary would maybe get the Olympics and then they might put kickboxing in as a trial sport because that'd be a sport that they'd be good at so yeah. it kind of can be dependent on where it's going to be held absolutely but that makes a massive difference and a lot of people seem to think the fact that Tokyo had these games is a big uh, uh, I guess a big factor in why karate got in in the first place but I mean I, I personally don't know I wasn't even in the sport before that when that decision was made but you would think there's some sort of link there uh, yeah so if if I think there is talks of Hungary putting in a bid for an Olympics down the line, and maybe I picked that up wrong, so that that would be good for kickboxing probably. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, was there? You were saying in kickboxing that the the growth for women involved has grown. We were saying it is what's the what's the participation like in karate, in terms of girls? I see a good. Yeah, there's there's, there's lows. There's um, I mean I'm not sure the exact numbers, but. Uh, you would think there's a 50-50 split or, or as good as like I mean 55-45 uh, there's lows on the women's squad in Ireland um, it's quite competitive so when I came in I wasn't sure what it was going to be like um, to try and get a place on the team or to get that to win a national title um, and it is quite competitive there is lots of people they're not just going to hand you a national title sometimes in kickboxing over yeah. the years you don't you would get a walkover and not all not all the time like but once or twice and in some way categories some of the maybe the heavier weight categories there wouldn't be anyone competing or might, you might only have three people competing for a national title so um, there is like there is a good there is good numbers there uh, maybe last year there was a smaller amount but the first year I competed there was loads of girls uh, and then when you go away to international events um, so the the kind of ranking events that we go to there's um, anywhere between 100 and 200 in your event in your weight category so the numbers are massive yeah um, some of the men's divisions might be slightly bigger but n- not much there's maybe about 20 or 30 extra athletes in, in some of the men's categories so uh, yeah there seems to be loads taking part yeah because like there is a big push with that whole kind of twenty twenty campaign, like to get more women and well not just involved, but more uh, people out there recognised, promoted in sport. Which I kind of find this kind of it's kind of ironic because like our our biggest sports star is probably Conor McGregor, but like the most I think like beloved sports star is Katie Taylor. Yeah. Then you know yeah. who's about like I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't doesn't like Katie Taylor and have a, a soft spot to see her achieve great things yeah so, yeah know? yeah exactly it's um, it's it's weird though because when you think about it uh, like she still wouldn't get the same kind of headline of a boxing fo- show that Anthony Joshua get yeah um, so there's probably a bit of work to be done there even though she's probably I mean debatable is she better or is she's every bit as good I mean you can't you can't look at the quality of um her ability and you might, some people do question the, the competition that's out there for women's boxing but it's I, I mean personally I think it's that's just looking for reasons to knock her like I don't think that's an issue at all but she definitely doesn't get the same I don't know media or money or well I don't know actually what money she gets yeah. for a fight but she doesn't get the same recognition Um, like personally I felt that there is a slight difference um, how you're perceived as a woman in sport and um, more so though when I worked in sport um, like when you're looking for opportunities to be a, like a manager in different sports or to be on boards um, you're not taking it seriously you're straight away looked on differently yeah. whether it's ever said is, or whether it's just unspoken you can feel that um, kind of resistance to having like you, you shouldn't have that opinion you know and definitely like for me just having an opinion over this whole um, 
athletes being blocked. I mean, that's why I've been targeting the most because not only have I spoken up as an athlete, I've been a female athlete speaking up and, and people don't like that. They think you should know your place and yeah. you should be. And it's probably, it's nearly all men then making the decisions then, is it? Definitely, so definitely. In, the, in this instance, it was. Yeah. And, and men that have been there in positions for 30 or 40 years that just can't accept that there is a new dynamic now that not only do athletes want to say in it, but female athletes have an opinion and they're going to have to listen to them whether, whether they like it or not. So, like, for me, the, the 2020 campaign is is a good thing, but it also just shows the fact that it, need, the fact that it needs to even be there um, kind of shows that there's still a bit to go, like, in the whole... Den- gender balance but I don't at the same time I don't think it's um, so let's if you look at rugby for instance there's a huge difference there like between the people that go to see the games and the money that they make whereas in kickboxing uh, or karate even the like for karate all the prize money is equal yeah. kickboxing I don't think is the same there's still a difference in prize money um, but the fact that events are all at the same place and uh, we all get no funding <laughs> it's kind of we're, we're a little yeah. bit more equal that way because <laughs> um, as a minority sport you probably don't see the differences like the the male athletes still obviously get every bit as little as we're all kind of in the same boat that way but um yeah, so hopefully the I, I I don't know what what the general feeling is about about it, but I think it's good to see uh, a few more kind of campaigns around women's sport and women athletes, especially where it comes to ha- them having a voice and being able to speak their opinions a bit more. Yeah, just being involved in sports is just it's a great thing to be to keep, to keep up. Like cause girls just drop, tend to drop off. Yeah, the rate that they drop off at when they get to teenage years, like yeah. it's it's crazy, and yeah. it's much more healthy to stay involved in sport. Yeah, yeah, at any level. Absolutely. No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so good for you. Um, and yeah, you're you're probably right. I think a lot more girls do drop off. Like, uh, some of the work I do, I go into schools and um, kind of talk about my sport and how I got involved in it. And I think that's one of the things that was missing when I was younger, is um, having athletes come in and talk about how important it is to like get involved in sport. But at the same time, you didn't have any female athletes that you could look up to. Um, like I was obsessed with Roy Keane he was my favourite athlete yeah. but like I knew it could never be Roy Keane because he was a man <laughs> so like at the same time so I think that that's kind of one of the things that's going to help like and I think part of that 2020 campaign um, is that girls are starting to see more kind of they have all these ambassadors which is a really good thing yeah they're becoming yeah. more visible you, yeah you know, exactly they're being promoted and pushed out there to the front yeah 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 yeah. Um, did you ever think when you were looking to maybe switch sports did you ever think of maybe trying MMA or was it? Um, yeah, I, like a lot of people said it to me, um, but it was nothing really that I'd have any interest in. I know you could probably make a better career out of it, a better yeah. living if you're successful. You can really make a good career from it. Um, but it's just, it's not really a sport that I know anything about. I've never, I don't think I've watched more than one fight in, in the last, I don't think I've ever seen a full fight of MMA. So um, I would just didn't know enough about it to even think about it. Uh, I know a lot of people have switched over though. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just uh, people have suggested it, but I never really gave it any serious consideration, and I don't know if I'd be any good at it really, to be honest. So yeah, karate yeah. was just maybe enough of a change where it was. Yeah. Just enough similar, but just enough different. Yeah, probably <laughs> it wasn't like, but it, it's something that I I enjoy as well. Like when I looked at that's probably the the misconception I gave myself when I looked at it first so I went onto YouTube and I started looking at all the the kind of fights the best the best yeah. kind of female fighters and I thought straight away oh I can do this this is going to be fine and then when I went into it it was actually really technical um, so there's still a massive adjustment period and it was kind of in one way it was probably a good thing that I underestimated how hard it was going to be because mm. I probably wouldn't have done it otherwise um, but now that I'm in the middle of it I realise it's actually is quite there is similarity but at the same time it's quite different so from like a contact point of view you can't hit that hard yeah um, did you find that being much of an adjustment having to have control to not fully, yes. fully hit yeah. <laughs> yeah people thought I was so rough when I came over first they were like what is her problem she's just milling us uh, I didn't realise and I tr- like I tried so hard to control my techniques um, but it, it's very difficult you're used to hitting full contact and that would have been one of the things that I would have been known for like I would have hit harder than most people in kickboxing. Yeah. So it was a massive adjustment for me. Like I was dropping people with body kicks and especially uh, when you're trying to hit fast. You know, when you're trying to hit with speed and still have control, like that's just tough. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. So uh, 
yeah, I, I that was a big adjustment. Um, and I think um, it's kind of it, it, it's it's weird because the sport seems to on the international scale has adjusted that to actually suit me. So the when I first started, um, the contact kind of thing was uh, like a big issue. And now they're letting to let more contact go, which is uh, to me, I, I would just wish they would allow it be full contact, to be honest. Yeah. But the, you know, the, that's not the sport. I can't make that change. Um, but they're allowing more contact, which is a really good thing for me. And then they've changed the length of time of the, the rounds as well, which suits me better because I tend to be a bit of a slow kind of. And what is it now? So it's, it's a three minute round, just one three minutes um but when i started it was only two minutes so the okay. men's had three minutes and the women's had two minutes and of course i was giving out about that <laughs> as well. why are we yeah so it's it's it was for equality i guess that they changed it yeah which is i never like, understand things like that like even in the in women's boxing it's like a title fight is 10 two minute rounds so why can't you have 12 three minute rounds just like the men Okay, so, so there's a just, difference just there. Why as well. not make it the same? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh, we wouldn't be able for that extra, yeah, but that I think, extra time. But I think it, um, like even watching when Katie Taylor fights, is that she's just starting to get you one hurt and could be, get the stoppage, and then the round is over. It's like I think that extra minute yeah. w- would make much more of a difference, and you'd see much more uh, finishes as opposed to decisions. But like that, I think they just decide that. Yeah, it's, yeah, because I, it's I women, don't sure. I don't. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that was the historical reason behind it is that, you know, they wouldn't be able, they're only women. They're not going to be able for that, which is like it boils my blood. Where And I think now maybe that attitude is changing, but they just haven't updated their kind of rules and their whole system to to reflect that. I don't know. It just seems bizarre. Now, maybe there's a, there's other reasons behind it. Um but it's even the same with the, I don't know, in the amateur boxing, if they've taken away the headguards for the, I think the women now The women still have to wear the headguard, yeah. Still, I, yeah. I don't understand the difference. If it's safe for men, surely it should be safe for women, or maybe, yeah, like, but I don't I think understand it's, that. I could be wrong, but I think it's two different associations or federations that make those decisions. So the men's federation decided to take it out and the women's decided to keep it in, I think. Okay. I, could, I could be wrong. Okay. But, um, yeah, okay. Well, but, but, but again, I don't see why... Yeah. Why, why not just keep it the same? Yeah, but they but they fight div- in amateur and they fight different rounds as well. I think it's yeah, the, yeah four twos or is it three threes in the men's four twos in the women's? I think it's they might have. Yeah, they definitely did have different rounds. I'm not sure if they've switched that in the last while. Uh, I haven't actually watched some, uh, any of the boxing uh, for a while, but um, yeah, I don't I don't get that. I really don't. I mean, if they're saying that boxing is necessary for uh, or headguards are, are necessary for protection. Uh, for women then it should be the same for men or if they're not needed then why are they you know it doesn't make sense uh, just before we finish up uh, when you come back from the injury what's the next ranking tournament you're looking at or have um, you looked at one yet yeah yeah. I've planned to go to Canada now at the end of June so uh, that gives me about nine weeks to um, kind of get over this and get some rehab done and then get back training so hopefully that'll that'll work out so I'll be looking at going over there for maybe four or five days and then June and then after that will be September before the next ones kick off. And what level of ranking tournament is that? So that's the Series A so it's the kind of it's like a ranking factor three so uh, it's still you know it still gives me good opportunity to kind of get into the top 100 um, so and then I'll get into the Premier Leagues hopefully come September that's the plan. Nice. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks a million okay. for uh for coming on the show well thanks a million for having me in uh, where could people find you social media wise if you want uh, so yeah I'm, I'm on Twitter the most um, Caro Donovan is my username pretty much on all of them but I'm, I've, every so often I'll dabble with Instagram and Facebook as well so uh, yeah I'm on I'm on all those yeah very good and remember to uh, like share and subscribe to the podcast and again you can find it at the, the Black Belter underscore on Instagram and just the Black Belter on Facebook Thanks.